It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. The Philadelphia Eagles are alive! Yes, it took 12 weeks, but the Eagles put together their first win streak of the season, thumping Washington on Monday night for their second straight win, second straight NFC East win, and one more against Dallas on Sunday, and the defending champs will be back in first place. Lots to discuss here on Inside the Birds, presented, of course, by Defend Your Head, makers of ProTech Helmet Safety Technology, Jeff Mosher, Adam Kaplan, former Eagle Billy Osborne, all the usual suspects. We'll get into this Eagles turnaround, but first, some very exciting news. Inside the Birds will broadcast live this Friday from the all-new Market Tavern in downtown Philadelphia on 30th and Market, right across from the 30th Street Station. Come join me, Ozzy, and Adam, and go Birds from 4 to 6 p.m. as we talk Eagles, Cowboys, and enjoy some food and drinks. We'll be live from Market Tavern also on December 14th and 21st, and again sometime in January. So please, please join us. All right, guys, back to the Eagles. Ozzy, the Birds have rushed for 257 yards during their two-game win streak. That's over 125 in each game. The screen game has come alive. I've got to think that you in particular have been more impressed by Doug Peterson's run designs because I know you've had some issue with them over the first 10 weeks. I have, and uh, it's, it's, it came, it's coming at a great time because not only is it settling in Carson a little bit, I think he got his feet back underneath him a little bit. I think it settled the offense. And obviously, with the way the defense is banged up, it's uh, it's going to help them if they can control the ball and control the clock to keep that other team's that, – that, that very good team that they played a couple weeks ago, those Cowboys that were, for some reason, that first uh, first half was a, was a completely different than the second half. And ever since then, they've been playing pretty good offensively. So that run game definitely has improved. Yeah, no doubt. And then you mentioned the Cowboys and their run game. It's almost like it took the Cowboys' run game to make the Eagles realize they had to get their run game going. Adam, how much can you make of the defense's effort against a Giants team that just stopped giving the ball to Saquon Barkley and then this Washington team that had injuries all over the place and by the second quarter they're starting Mark Sanchez of all people? How much do you make of what the Eagles have done defensively? Yeah, I, I, certainly their discipline was better. And yes, you have to always consider the opponent. Context matters when you analyze both sides of the football. So I, I get where you're going here, but I think overall they have to be pleased. Other than the awful, awful tackling 
or effort on tackling on Adrian Peterson on a long touchdown run. They're pretty disciplined. And when you get offenses in known passing situations with a third-string quarterback who'd signed three weeks ago, Mark Sanchez, there's no reason why you shouldn't win that game. Uh, and, and they did. They won it rather handily going away. But I would tell you, uh, they absolutely should have scored over 40 points. Carson Wentz as well as he played. Guys, in me charting the game, which I did this morning, there were four throws. Two of them would have been for touchdowns that he simply has to hit. Yeah, we're, we're going to get into that. It's been a season-long issue with the Eagles, the offense, the number of points they leave on the board. But even before that, ju- just real quick, Adam, I, could you have imagined in your right mind, and I don't know, a week, two, three weeks ago, that the Eagles were going to play a game in which their opponent was going to start Colt McCoy and then Mark Sanchez? I mean, it almost – and then, you know, in the same game, Peter Adrian Peterson runs for a 90-yard touchdown and Darren Sproles rips off a touchdown. Was it old-timers day? Uh, Monday night at, at the link or something? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. Look, Peterson shows he still has some juice left, unfortunately for them. The Redskins are now 6-6 six and six and really have no shot now because they're going to ho- have to go with Mark Sanchez the rest of the way. Seemingly, they don't have anyone else to, to turn to now. Uh, but I think overall, at least the Eagles come out saying, look, they, they've won the last two games, Jeff, as you set up. Uh, the defense, the corners play with more discipline, which is what we expected. Uh, the, the one player told me that I spoke with over the last week that those k- three kids that had played the previous week against the Giants, one of them had deer in the headlights like, uh-oh, please don't throw to me because I haven't been in this position for One of these guys <laughs> hadn't played before. So it, it's a problem. Look, there's no doubt it's a problem. Uh, they're going to get some, some of their defensive players back this week. They'll get more of them, especially in the secondary. But they're going to be tested. They play a much better team that's really hot in the Dallas Cowboys. You know, I was wondering, I mean, I was just thinking, I know, Ozzy, you haven't played since the Buddy Ryan days, uh, but, you know, I mean, you saw the, the age of people out there. I thought maybe you might be lining up in the slot there for the Redskins uh, at some point that night. Well, if that was the case, I would have to get the smoke screen or the smash route and just run the hitch and just go down. Because if I had to do anything, which if anybody saw me on the field last night coaching my son 7-on-7 seven seven team, they realized that uh, my better years are way behind me. All right. Well, we'll see. Maybe by the end of the year, if there's any more, you might be getting a call from uh, from Dan Snyder. Uh, yes. Listen, guys, for, for me, I, I think that the biggest takeaway for the last two weeks, it started against the Giants, but I thought it really took off against the Redskins, is that the offensive line is really starting to play with some juice now. Uh, it's starting to reset the line of scrimmage. I thought they did that against Washington a lot better than even they did against the Giants. You're seeing Josh Adams reap the benefits. You see Darren Sproles was able to take a draw. Uh, and Jason Kelsey just manhandling a linebacker 10, 15 yards down the field. It's battled injuries all year between Lane Johnson and Jason Peters and even Kelsey. Uh, obviously switch up at left guard from Wisniewski to Sayamalu. At just the right time, the Eagles finally start to – look. just looks like they're getting right up front and when they're right up front, a lot of good things happen. And so we'll see what's, how, how they play going forward. But I always thought that for this team to be right, this offensive line had to play a lot better. And I really think over the last two weeks, they're starting to do that. Uh, there's no, da- go- yeah, there's no doubt, Jeff. And, and, and here's the deal. I, I'm a, a former quarterback. Uh, I roomed with all offensive linemen my entire career. So uh, although I am far from an offensive lineman, uh, Joe Moore, who some consider one of the best offensive linemen or offensive line coaches ever in the game of college, uh, he recruited me. So I know all about the psyche of the offensive line, and trust me, they want to pound people, and the way they want to pound people is they want to run, run over people. 
They don't like pass blocking. They want to run. And in this case here, you know, we saw early in the season what was going on. And a lot of it was because they were just dropping back and passing. They couldn't get their feet underneath them. So everybody was saying the offensive line was playing bad. I kept talking about it. Uh, they were just passing the ball too much. If they start running, the offensive line will also play better. And it's good to see that that's happened. And, of course, nice to see the guys outside, especially that left tackle, Jason Peters. When he's out there and he anchors that offensive line, it seems like everybody else is okay. Because if that's the play, is not, if he's not out there, obviously that's a weak link. Yeah, Adam, I wanted to go back to a point you made about how the offense is still leaving points on the field. And obviously there were a couple – you had Carson Wentz throwing a pick in the end zone, which was – you know, it should have been at least three, if not seven. You had Josh Adams getting stuffed at the goal line on a fourth down because of a miscommunication on the offensive line. This has kind of been habitual, and it's it seems like this is the last hurdle for this team to get over before you really start to say the Eagles really are a little bit like they were last year in 2017. It seems like this is it. If they can figure this thing out, then it opens up the door to looking at the Eagles in a whole different way. Well, guys, here's what I would tell you. This game plan by Doug Peterson and Mike Rowe was by far their best game plan of the season. It's not really close. It's not the balance. Balance is, balance is game to game. You do what it takes to win. Their offensive line, which we've outlined, is way, is way healthier. Earlier in the season when they couldn't block consistently in the, the past game, it would have been smarter to run the ball more than they had been, but they didn't. Uh, they, they they tried to play into what they thought the personnel could work, could ha- can handle. It didn't happen. So fast-forwarding to now, the, everything was really good. I mean, the screen game, we knew it would be back, although it wasn't with Sproles. It was with Clement. Shades of last season, uh, Jeff, as you brought up. Mm-hmm. But there were plays. Look, second quarter, this, this, is, this is where Carson, although he got into a rhythm, he missed some plays. A fade to Nelson Aguilar in the second quarter. That would have been a big play. It may not have been a touchdown. He rushed himself. He he, mm-hmm. he he just needed to gather himself, just drop it in there. He didn't. Uh, second quarter also um, missed another one to Ertz. Uh, fourth quarter missed Aguilar, threw it on his feet, and then one would absolutely would have been a touchdown. We all saw it in the press box, and I watched it this morning. To Dallas Goddard, a, a screen, a beautifully designed screen. I mean, this thing was absolutely awesome. Absolutely mm-hmm. awesome. The, the design was great. The guy's three, four feet to your left. Just hit it, throw it in there. And he overthrew him. So, so these are the things where Carson's got to settle down a little bit, though he made some great throws in that game, by the way. He really did. I still think that he's not totally comfortable with playing with a brace on his left knee. I just think there's something, guys, that's a little bit off with him. If we had estimated, I'd say he's about 75% of what he was last season. And, that, and that's what I wanted to ask Ozzy about because he's taught, you know, Ozzy's talked about his torn ECL. And when he came back, he was different. He's mentioned on our podcast that he, he jumped off two feet instead of one. So little things were different. And Oz, what I'm having difficulty is reconciling some of the decision making or some of the weird arm fleeting mechanics, I would say, as Adam mentioned on that throw to, to Aguilar. How much of that do we pin on? The, the the surgery or the lack of off-season OTA, or is it just maybe not even related to that? Like when you watch Carson Wentz and you see great throws and great scrambles at some point, but then on other passes, just not crisp, not sharp, or just bad overall decisions, how much of that do you put into the knee? Well, it's interesting. I really wasn't sure you know, how much you can still because he's been out there. But as I shared before on a podcast, I spoke to a, uh, a former GM who now 
still uh, with a team and has been with the NFL for 30 years. So he's watched all kind of players, all kind of tape. He said to me that Eagle fans and people have to know that he's still coming off this injury. He's not going to be back to 100% until next year. So when I heard that, that was interesting to me because, you know, I was like you guys, I thought the brace would be a little cumbersome. So, but when you watch him, he doesn't have the lateral quickness that he had that we saw last year. He still can make plays, but I think in his own mind, the one play in particular where he actually threw the touchdown, the golden tape, if you saw when he came out, he slid to his right and he mm-hmm. broke to, up to the line. Probably last year, because it was, you know, he was pretty close to the goal line. He may have taken off and run with that football, but there he just slid, got up in the pocket and was looking to pass. So I think he also realizes that his quickness isn't there. He's not the same guy. And I feel that sometimes when he does try and throw, he doesn't, he's not able to transfer his weight. And that's why you'll see balls sail or go low. So I think some of it does have to do with not only his injury, but the brace and the fact that he's trying to play through it. So hopefully each week he gets stronger, he gets more confident. And let's not, you know, let's not mistake the fact he's still a young quarterback. That's fair. That's a fair point. And I do think that this coming off season is going to be enormous for him. He may sign a long-term contract. We don't know yet. Uh, we'll find out. Um, but he'll have, as long as he doesn't get hurt, he'll have an entire offseason to be healthy, to work on and refine his game, everything that he didn't have uh, last year. So it'll be very interesting. But I don't hey, listen, we're not even trying to get that far yet. It's just uh, it's good to know that Carson might have that opportunity. Adam, you mentioned the play calling, right? The play design. You thought Doug and Mike Rowe did one of their best jobs of the year. Uh, I agree with you. I think two things stand out I want to ask you about. A, the balance of the offense. And I don't mean run pass. I mean, I think six or seven different guys caught passes. Nobody went over 100 yards, which was like a staple of last year's team where you didn't have a 100-yard rusher and you didn't have a 100-yard receiver. You had a lot of guys contributing. And on top of that, you know, Doug got criticized for a third and four run with Darren Sproles that um, didn't get any yards. But I've looked at that play a lot. I know you've you've that too. That play call itself was a good play call. It's just the execution of it from Darren Sproles kind of not hitting the right hole was, was the issue. I, I thought the play designs in that game were excellent. They were. And it's interesting you say that because, you know, fans sometimes, they go third, four, you have to throw it. Not necessarily. If you have a great design and, and it structurally based on your tape study of the, of the tendencies of the other team, if you got the formation that you wanted and Carson doesn't check out of it, then run it. You know, you got to execute. It's like the fourth and one, which everyone criticized. We didn't have access to the information, but I what I wanted before the play, and I said in the press box, is like play action here. Um, the only thing is, though, remember, Ertz was not in the game. So that's telling you they're probably going to run it. Mm-hmm. The the surprise would have been, and it certainly would have faked out the Redskins if they would have gone play action, would have thrown it. But that I'm nitpicking here. Uh, yeah, I, I think the, the screen game had to be there. Uh we, we, we mentioned Clement. It wasn't there with Sproles, but they got him on explosive play. By the way, eight explosive runs in that game. Uh, explosive runs are eight, uh, five yards or more. They had eight mm-hmm. of them. That's really good. Uh, that, trust me, earlier, uh, we weren't seeing that with his football team. And, you know, Bill talked about one thing I do want to add. Bill talked about maybe as we go here, Carson will be 100% or be better. Remember, Dr. David Chow came on our podcast and he told us, he will not be healthy until well after a year. Well, guess what? We haven't hit a year yet. Uh, hit a year left, a year yet, and you can't expect him to be himself. And in fact, Chow went on Twitter a month ago. I said something about how well Wentz was playing. He even said he was surprised at how well he's playing to this point. But he's not going to be himself this season. He hasn't been. 
He's close, though. I think he's fairly close. But thinking that he's going to be the guy before the injury this mm-hmm. season is absurd. There's just no way it was going to happen. No, I agree with you. It's it's uh, <laughs> well, you know, I always say this on this podcast. We we talk about Carson if he's been in the league ten years. Sometimes we forget that even if he didn't have that knee surgery, it's still just year three for him. So I mean, we can <laughs> for all the comparisons to either Favre or Aaron Rodgers or what. I mean, this kid is uh, he's pretty young, so he's got a long way to go. And uh, you would think it can only get better. Um, the knee injury obviously derailed a little bit, but I, I think in general. If you're an Eagles fan, you got to be feel good about your future with Carson Wentz. And, and to your point on the explosive plays, not only did they have uh, those runs, but as you look, you'll see that five different receivers had a catch of at least 15 yards, and all three running backs, Adams, Clement, and Sproles, had a run of at least 10 yards. So you've got you know seven, eight, eight contributors in the runner pass game of giving you explosive plays. It's finally not the tight end centric offense that people have complained about, right, Oz? I mean, you've said that more than anything. How they've looked backwards at some point, where your tight ends are deeper route runners than your than your wide receivers. Yeah, and you know, for a young guy or for any quarterback, you know, you like to throw the ball between the hashes. You're just more comfortable if you're sitting in a pocket, and that's why sometimes you like to move the pocket. You like to roll out, so then you have them at different levels, and they're right in front of you. Carson is so smart. I mean, he knows what he's looking at, but he's still a young quarterback, and, and young quarterbacks sometimes still need to see numbers and let and, and colors before they throw and instead of throwing to a spot. You know, I, I I thought the play call was much better. I was encouraged because they finally scored on their first drive. You know, a twelve play, seventy five yard drive. That was great to see. We've been talking about that. Uh, I was happy when they first got the first down uh, on that first couple plays, and then they kept going and they got the touchdown. So that was encouraging. I still think they threw the ball just a little bit too much. I mean, 39 dropbacks against the Redskins on a team that you were kind of dominating. And the only other, you know, thing that I saw was, again, when you look at some of their, you know, their, their possessions when they had a punt, it was because of their ineffectiveness on first down. And that, that first down run, I know that that's part of their, their RPO. and They're, they're going to run that, you know, when the shotgun and handoff. But it's still, I love. I would like to see some type of bubble behind him, some type of motion, just to help out the offensive lineman. Because two yards and three yards on first down, that's not a win. You got to get four or five yards to put yourself in second and medium, and third and, and medium, and, and and that's the only thing that I saw. I had no problem with Darren Sproles in there. You and I talked about that, Jeff. You know, I think that they were trying to make them think that they were going to pass the ball. Obviously, he's a great third down back, and he's a nightmare matchup for anybody that's got to cover them. So I didn't have a problem with him running the football. But overall, I think the play call design and the play calling was much better. Adam, one thing that really strikes me as odd a little bit is that last year, Alshon Jeffrey has a very good year. He comes in and makes a difference. And a lot of people kind of talked about the connection that he had with Mike Rowe uh, going back to Chicago, where, where Rowe was a coach and then Alshon was a, a wide receiver. Now Mike is offensive coordinator. And you look at Alshon's numbers for the last few weeks, and they're just – they're really down. It's kind of, you know, yeah, three for 31 against Washington, three for 39 against the Giants, four for 33. He hasn't had more than five catchers or more than 50 yards since the uh, the Carolina game. That's that's October 21st. Yeah, and remember the day, the game that he came back against Tennessee from shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was eight catches for 105 yards. Yeah, yeah, he also was, was, he was also ill that day. So <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, whoever's typing, can you stop? <laughs> or do it a little lower or or quieter. Thank you. Um, 
the bottom line is, look, it all Sorry, worked. that was my secretary. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Rose and Rose. Um, it, it was, look, it was a dominant performance pretty much offensively. And again, they, they could have been, they, they could have done more. Um, the one thing, you got to be careful when you talk about running the football. There, there's a saying with coaches, running's great as long as you score. If you're tied 14-14 and you're running the ball like crazy, you better start passing it. That That's, that's. That's the problem with being a run-centric team. If you're not scoring, it doesn't matter if you run for 200 yards. you got to be careful of getting to that rut of being a run-centric team. It worked. Look, the coaches will tell you, we did it because it worked. Mm-hmm. And then they worked off of that and, and were able to throw the ball very well. The balance worked, but being a balanced team does not always work because eventually you're going to have to score. No doubt about it. And, when, and I think that's that's still this – that's still what this team has to figure out. It's certainly figured out the running game. It's certainly brought more balance, modern-day balance to the offense. But they got to figure out ways to stop turning the ball over, especially in the, in the red zone, and get Carson a little right. And, and I, I keep saying it. If they, if they take care of these little things, they can be a much better team. F- final word on this, Oz. What, what are you going to say? No, I was just thinking that we, Adam is exactly right. We talked about it you know, before, as, as our buddy Herm Edwards say. You play to win the game. And then we talked about Chi Chi Rodriguez on the golf course. You got to play what you have that day. So if, if passing the football is going to give you a W, that's what you do. If running the football is going to get you a W, that's what you're going to do. And you usually can figure that out based on, you know, uh, all the preparation you do. And that, that you know, that those 15 plays that you have scripted or 12 plays or whatever it is will give you a good idea. And then obviously, depending on how the game unfolds, sometimes if you're thinking about you're going to run the football, but all of a sudden – you know, the kickoff, you get backed up. Next team, you know, the team, the other team gets the ball in a great field position. They score. You get in the ball again. You punt. Next thing you know, you're down 10 nothing, And then you think to yourself, well, there goes the running game. But that's what happens in, in the game of football. So you got to just do whatever it takes to win it. The Eagles got to be, you know, go out there for the Cowboys. Be prepared for everything. They definitely want to run the football. There's no doubt about that. But as the game unfolds, if it calls them, they have to pass the football. They have to be able to do that as well. All right, let's move on to injuries, presented, of course, by Defend Your Head. Visit them at DefendYourHead.com. One injury that really kind of, um, I don't know, I, I say I'm, I'm cautiously looking at is obviously Tim Jernigan not being able to play the other night, back spasms. I think they now Doug Peterson, the Eagles have said that they're just, it, it's not a big deal. They still expect him to play Sunday versus Dallas. But there's one thing that I, I and I'm you know not a doctor, but I know in dealing with guys who've had back injuries before, you can't predict, especially coming off a of surgery, when a guy is going to have back spasms. So he may look good today. But he may warm up against Dallas, and that thing can flare up immediately. I, 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 I thought they really needed him, especially if they're going to beat the Cowboys and, and stop the run. It's, it, to me, it's alarming that he had back spasms that kept him out of that game Monday night. Yeah, because, he, Jeff, he dressed. Mm-hmm. I saw him warm up. I'm like, oh, it's, you know, it, it's good. I mean, he's, he's ready to go. He'll probably play a third or more of the snaps. And then uh, his back locked up. Uh, it, it's not good. Look, Tyron Smith, ironically, they're playing the Cowboys. He's had back problems and back spasms for years sometimes he places sometimes he doesn't so that you got to watch that and by the way jordan hicks my understanding there is he should be practicing if it's not this week next week he's close and doug peterson actually said he's close he didn't mm-hmm. describe where he's at will he practice or not but my understanding is he's very close to returning uh and they need him because man it would be great if, he, if they could have him this week against elliot and elliot is absolutely positively the foundation amari cooper is not a tough cover despite what he's been doing and you're going to see this, guys, Sunday. They get it out of his hands quickly to Cooper. The guy you got, if you stop Ezekiel Elliott, the Eagles are going to win that game. 
Absolutely. I actually wrote about that yesterday on my Patreon page. I think it's the number one thing they have to do. We're going to talk a lot about that and that matchup and the linebackers you just mentioned, Hicks and Nigel Bradham, of course, Leighton Vanderish, uh, and um, uh, who's the kid from uh, Jalen Jalen Smith for for the Cowboys. Uh, we'll talk about that a lot when we're at uh, Market Tavern on Friday because that, to me, this is a, a matchup of some really good linebackers, some really good running game. So it's going to be very interesting. As far as the secondary goes, uh, Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones, they may get back Avante Maddox. Uh, Doug kind of left the door open, I believe, for that yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. So that would give them, Ozzy, a little bit more fortification at either safety or nickel or wherever they decide to play him. Yeah, listen, the Eagles are banging. They have 10 guys on IR, four from that secondary. So they're trying to do whatever they can. And Amari Cooper is the best wide receiver that I've watched on film this year. I have never seen a guy come out of routes, be able to close the cushion and burst and get past people, get open, the whole thing. So I would be very, very careful if I'm Jim Schwartz and having any single coverage with him at any time during the football game without safety help over top because it will not turn out good for the Eagles. I'm telling you right now, there's nobody on the Eagles that can cover him in that secondary, especially one-on-one. Nobody. So they have to be really careful. I'm going to be sending a recording of this podcast to Antonio Brown after we're done. I'm just letting you know, Ozzy. But um, no, that's well, listen, really he's a great. He's a, he's a great receiver. He's one of the best. I haven't broken down on film is what I'm saying. When I watch Cooper, uh-huh. he, he, he just impresses me with the way he's able to come out of routes, how he transitions, he doesn't lose speed, and how he can get on top of a corner and a safety. In, an eye, in a blink of an eye, he gets past you. He's not like a burner, but he can go get the football, and they have nobody that can cover him. They need to do everything possible not to put any quarter out there or any say anybody on an island with him because it will not turn out good. Yeah, right. And my, my concern would be without Mills and obviously uh, Darby, who's an IR, that's where it comes down to. Um, you know, when he was with the Raiders, Cooper's problem was in, was major inconsistencies and in, in confidence. And they just didn't see the Raiders didn't see what they're seeing now. They just they, they, you know, Cooper, the, what the what the Cowboys have done. And we're going to we'll, we'll talk more about this Friday. They get him involved early, and that gets him interested because guys like him are sort of passive. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you get him, in, when you get him interested, it goes to what Bill's talking about. This kid is a star talent. It's just get him involved early, and the Eagles are in big trouble because Bill's right. Who do they? Who do the Eagles have really who could cover a really good receiver? Well, that's a great question, and that's on Jim Schwartz to to figure it out. And maybe we'll see the Sidney Jones, who was once a first round pick, emerge. On Sunday. Hey guys, did you know that every year in the United States there are more than 3.8 million sports related concussions and that most of these injuries occur in children and young adults? Well, our sponsors, Defend Your Head, is leading a revolution in head protection with their soft shell technology product called ProTech. ProTech is a protective helmet shell made from specialized polyurethane foam that absorbs and dissipates the energy caused by a hit to the ProTech cover. ProTech acts like an airbag, delaying the timing of the impact, just like an airbag delays the time of your body and head from hitting the dashboard when a crash occurs. ProTech is scientifically proven to reduce G-force impacts by up to 70%. So for more information about the ProTech helmet shell used by Penn State, Temple, and Penn football programs, or to place an order for your ProTech, Email info at defendyourhead.com or visit defendyourhead.com. Guys, this is usually when we do our look ahead and predictions, but we're going to save that for Friday when we're live at the Market Tavern in downtown Philly, 30th and Market. 
Come join us. Adam will be there. Ozzy will be there. I'll be there this Friday. And then come back any of the next two Fridays, December 14th or 21st, as we will continue to talk about the Eagles. And that'll do it for this Inside the Birds. Again, presented by Defend Your Head, makers of Protect Helmet Safety Shell. Check them out at defendyourhead.com. Thanks to the listeners. Thanks to Go Birds. Thanks to WIP. See you all Friday at the Market Tavern in downtown Philly.